first of all, let me bring you a wee report from the mission board in regards to the work. First of all, a hearty word of thanks in general for your prayerful and practical support of the missionary uh, work right across our whole board, but specifically tonight uh, concerning Emmanuel Christian School and the church which is functioning there as well. We trust you have been encouraged as you've watched the video and further informed as well. We do deputation meetings for the school separately because the mission board has taken on the commitment to look after the school, the church, the premises, the grounds, and then each missionary will come to do deputation for their own ministry, for their own work. So let me just say something about our missionaries that are there. We have Miss Noreen McAfee, and she sends her greetings tonight as well. Noreen's actually at home at the minute. She's home for Christmas, and we're glad to get her home. She has had a very, very busy schedule. Uh, She's been on the field there, uh, really on her own for a long, long time, at least until the Karskadens came. So we're glad they have her home, and we trust she'll be refreshed uh, as she spends Christmas and the New New Year period in Northern Ireland. But do continue to pray for Noreen, and she will return to the field in the new year. The Karskaden family have been there for five months now, and what an answer to prayer the Karskaden family have been. Uh, We prayed fervently for the Lord to send workers to Uganda. Uh, We needed a minister there. We needed someone who could be a help at the school. And Ray and Rhonda are perfectly uh, designed by God for the role. We're thankful for them. They also uh, appreciate your prayers for their labors and for their ministry. Their work visas just came through there. And again, that's a great blessing. It gives them that uh, more full role. Uh, They're there. They can be there, work there legally with visas, and we rejoice that all that has come through appropriately. And the third uh, one I want to mention here is David McCauley, or the McCauley family. And in October past, the presbytery accepted David McCauley as a missionary to go to Uganda. And again, another wonderful answer to prayer. It's not all that long ago uh, that on the mission board we were praying very specifically for the Lord to raise up uh, men for the field and for the Lord to raise up families for the field and for the Lord to raise up workers for the field. And the Lord has done that in a marvelous way. And David is one of those answers we believe to those prayers. So his deputations have started. I know you'll have him here at some stage as well. So pray for David McCauley and his family as they do their deputations and as they make all their preparation necessary for going. It is not an easy task, as the Kerskadans know, to take your young family over to a new place uh, or a new language and new culture. It is complex. There's no doubt about that. Listen, if you go for a week or for a fortnight to somewhere like Uganda, there's a lot of preparation you have to make. It's quite the change, even for your body to adjust to. So taking children to stay there uh, is certainly a challenge. So please remember them as they get ready. Emmanuel Church itself, uh, the school and the church, well, the school is spread across the whole premises. You will have seen that. There's also a church on the grounds as well. 
That church is where they have assemblies and have special meetings. And of course, that's where they have their Sunday services. We're encouraged. Ray has been encouraged as he has commenced his ministry there. Um, there's new people coming into the Sunday services. There are souls that have made professions of faith. There's actually a man in the prison. Uh, the prison ministry opened up to us more recently. And in that time, Reverend Karskaden and others, when they're over, have been going in and doing outreach there. Uh, there's a man who was recently saved uh, in the prison. He finished his time. He got out and he's been to the church thereafter. And so we're encouraged to see evidences of salvation and growth and grace there. The Sunday school in Emmanuel Church is, is well attended. Um, 185 children going to the Sunday school. Keep that ministry in prayer. In many ways, we watch the video, we do these reports, and we long for the same at home. If we listen and learn, We'd be thrilled. 185 in the Sunday school, new people coming into the church, prisoners, locals, trusting in Christ. It's powerful. And it's marvelous to be a part of the work there. If I can mention some work teams that have happened since uh, that DVD was made, um, another work team uh, went around the Easter period there of this year. That was led by Mr. Kyle Wenlock, who is now an elder in our Macrofelt congregation. Also, the Reverend Graham Lucas was with them and others. And their job was to take care of plumbing and some electrical work that needed to be done. So there were some significant projects here that these men were involved in. And the whole team worked well and a great success. They installed hot water. Uh, hot water is something we all take for granted here and hot water is something that's only installed now and we're thankful that has been a possibility it took a lot of thinking a lot of minds who are um, educated and electrics and everything else to to get the right stuff that's suitable and all the rest of it so glad to get that done uh, the mains electric for the whole premises that's been a long-term project when we first went to the compound there there was no electric whatsoever um, it was all battery torches, or it wasn't even battery torches, it was, well, I suppose they a battery, but there were solar, pa uh, solar uh, power torches, so you had to charge them all day, and then at night time, well, if you're doing a lot of studying, uh, your battery might run out, so one of the first things we did at that time was put uh, solar panels onto the church building, you'd have seen that in the DVD there, that worked for, uh, still works now, of course, and that was sufficient for a while. And then uh, electricity came into the area and we have been working on the whole compound to have it sufficiently and correctly wired and that's all up and running now. So electricity, even for things like a fridge freezer. Never been able to have fridges before uh, because they have to be on all the time, of course, and things like that, lights in the dorms and the missionary accommodation. So we're very thankful that all of that is now available to them. There's a sound system installed as well, some tiling uh, on the floor. So the work team did well and we're thankful to them for the advancements made. There has been uh, some increase in the number of pupils and in the number of staff. Uh, there were staff increases that was necessary for registration for different 
uh, aspects of the school. So with all those added numbers, both of kids and staff, uh, there was demand uh, upon the facilities there, and we had to multiply and increase. So in the past year, we have built a shower block, uh, the toilet block. Uh, this time, well, the last time actually, another work team went out and uh, worked on that project and we got it done. But this time we found architects and builders, local men. When I say local, uh, Ugandan men, uh, maybe not local by our terms, but nevertheless, they come in, did a very good job. We're very pleased with the work that they have done. And so there is now a shower and to- uh, toilet block. Not on the video because it was done after the video, uh, but those are available to see on the Mission Board Facebook page. There was also a mission team went over uh, during the summer as well. The Reverend Garth Wilson from our Sandown congregation led uh, a team. And they conducted a VBS, Vacation Bible School, and also a youth conference. And again, it went powerful well. Uh, There's so many benefits there because we're exposing our own young people uh, to the work in Uganda, showing them the mission field, how it works, and get a taste for it. And what we want to see is them coming home to prayerfully remember the work and be involved in the work. And in the will of the Lord, we trust that the Lord, uh, as we do take young people out, the Lord will lay uh, it upon young people's hearts to go to the mission field and to serve the Lord across the water. So that VBS and youth conference went well. Uh, Again, it's a blessed time. There were souls who made professions of faith, and we're thankful for that. There's been many um, VBSs uh, in recent years, and they've always been very fruitful times. Uh, I was with a team a few years ago, and all we can say is the Lord came down in a marvelous way. Uh, in a way that I certainly had never seen before. Uh, when we started that week of VBS with the children, the Monday, we did the presentation and so on, and it went fine. And then on Tuesday, uh, some stayed behind for counseling, and then more on Wednesday, and then a great number on Thursday. And then we went away to do a conference for a couple of days, and again at that conference there were children and a sizable amount of the children sought counseling afterwards. It was one of those events where um, it was all happening so quickly, and the Lord seemed to be moving in a marvelous way, and there are approximately about 100 children who put their faith in Christ. And I want you to understand that many of these children, that was a challenge. I remember one wee boy and I'd have brought tears to your eyes uh, having counseled them, Reverend Park and I on that occasion, and we asked them afterwards, will you go home and tell your parents? The first two readily acknowledged the other wee boy kept his head down. And we said to him again, um, will you go home and tell your parents now what you've done today? And he says, no, I, I could not. My parents are Muslim. I couldn't tell them what I've done. We learned afterwards that some of the children were severely punished for making a profession of faith. So it cost many of them. But yet, the Lord moved in a marvelous way and it was powerful. Um, so again, it's been a great privilege to be uh, a part of the work there and see it running and the Lord providing 
laborers to see the work going on. There's a little outreach Sunday school. I call it little, nothing little about it. There's another um, outreach Sunday school recently commenced in Kampala. And again, 70 plus have been attending there week after week. And again, great blessing. We would ask you to pray for better facilities uh, to have those meetings. We're looking for that, looking to the Lord for that, and for the Lord to save souls there. They mentioned uh, the secondary school uh, of the, the school itself. Uh, earlier this year, we obtained the full license uh, to operate. Again, that's been a blessing. Um, it's not that it's, that it's been illegal beforehand, just to clarify that, uh, but there were certain things we had to do to meet particular criteria for the government to give us that appropriate license. That was granted this year. Again, very thankful for that, and the full registration for additional teachers and for how the Lord has prospered there. Also, the nursery school, a similar story. Uh, registration has been approved for it as well. Um, we're just glad to see the work on that a good, clear, strong foundation. And just one more thing to mention in regards to legal matters for the school there. Uh, the NGO certificate, that's a certificate that is required for a mission to actually be there and work there legally. Um, that was granted for another five-year period. And so it's not only the matter of going, setting up and tearing away. Uh, you need to work within you know, legal uh, perimeters as well. And that's now been secured for another five years, readily given. And we're again glad uh, for the Lord, to the Lord for giving us that position to witness for him. Just to mention then, as was already said on the DVD there, there are ways to sponsor and support the work. Now I have a flyer here and also a prayer card. Please take the prayer card with you and the flyer too. And of course you can give if you so desire as the Lord lays upon your heart specific gifts to the work. You are able also to sponsor a child. All those details were given to you there. Um, if you're a gift eater, uh, you're able to give less but come up to the full amount. So the best way to handle that, if the Lord's laying upon your heart to uh, specifically sponsor a child, uh, the best way to handle that is to go to Glenda Graham. She works in our mission board office, and she'll walk you through the process and all of the details. But we would encourage you to, to consider that. That is uh, one of the strongest ways to see the work uh, financially stable, that steady giving. We always appreciate gifts at deputation meetings and maybe more random gifts as the Lord enables you. It's also a great encouragement to the work to see that uh, commitment of regularly, monthly, even given to support one child. And that's been, again, a great means of giving stability to the work. Please pray for the work. The work could have adequate finance and nothing be accomplished we want the Lord to bless every penny, every pound, every word, every meeting, every worker, every child, every missionary. And so do remember the work in Uganda, Emmanuel Christian School, as they seek to witness for Christ and see the kingdom of God extend. If you have any questions, happy to take them afterwards. We'll see the door sure and if we can help you or at least direct you to where you can get the answers, we will do so. So just before, I assume we're going to a time of prayer. Let me read a portion of scripture with you. 
And it's the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 16. Now, this is not a portion that is unfamiliar to you, but I trust encouraging as we think about the work of God on the mission fields. Matthew 16, we'll just read together the verse 18. You know the context, I am sure. The Lord uh, has his disciples. They are at a time of recess here, and the Lord is ministering, teaching. And in verse 18, the Lord said, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord and our God, as we bow here tonight, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to open the Scriptures in our own mother tongue. We want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in this denomination and, Lord, the small part that we have to play in witnessing for Christ at home in Northern Ireland and abroad. Lord, we pray as it was there um, in Acts 10 that you would send the Holy Ghost, that when, Lord, thy people meets, we would sense the Spirit of God moving amongst us. We would see souls saved, those who are saved, sanctified, growth. And, oh, Lord, bless your work at home. We think specifically on Uganda. We pray for Noreen. Do your good at our time of rest at home here. Refresh her. We pray for the Reverend Kerskadden and his family. Oh, Lord, bless Ray and Rhonda and the children. Do them good. We pray for the Macaulays. Remember David, Lord, as he goes about doing his deputation, makes in the family. Lord, put their minds and the heart at ease. And Lord, may they all look forward to going to the mission field. And Lord, settle them in. And Lord, do them good. May the crooked paths straight there and the mountains of plain. Be with us now as we consider this portion of thy word. Thank you for it. Encourage our hearts. Bless this work in the marriage memorial. Lord, prosper. Lord, the work here for your name's sake. We pray you'll bless the Reverend Brown. Bless his family. Bless his church family. Our take for the session, the committee, the members and friends. And Lord, we pray that daily you will add to this specific church such as should be saved. Remember your work, Lord, and advance your cause. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As I said, a familiar text uh, to us all, and yet this is a text which sets the scene for our denomination, for us as individual churches, and for the mission board. We want to see the church of Christ advancing and being built. I want you to notice here uh, the reference to, to gates and Christ building. I'm going to look at the first part of the text, just the end of the text, or at least the latter half. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And what thrills my soul about that text is simply this, that we're not the ones on the defensive, we're on the offensive. Why do people set gates up? Well, Lorne is obviously a very peaceful, posh wee area. We all know that. And there's never any crime or difficulty there. But nevertheless, we do put up gates, and I have gates in my own house. And they're up for a couple of reasons. Uh, they're up to prevent honest thieves getting in. They're not very big gates, but they're there. And they're, they're there to keep the enemy out. But furthermore, 
They're there to keep my children and the pets in the premises. So they have a double function. Here you have hell. And the, depict, the picture here is of hell having gates. And the gates are there to be consistent with the picture to keep someone in. But to keep someone else out. And who's on the outside? It's the enemy of hell. And that's the church and Christ and us. So what you see here, men and women, is hell. It has to try and defend what it has. Men and women, the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't need walls and gates to keep us. When you're in the hand of God, no one, no devil, no, no one and nothing can pluck you out of the hand of a mighty God. The devil, however, is doing all he can to deceive and to keep his own people in darkness. We see that very clearly in Uganda. Uh, I remember another occasion when we were there, uh, late on one night, a girl was brought into the, uh, into the compound there, and um, they brought her because they didn't know her family. They only knew that the girl used to come to the school, and so she did. And she arrived, and they put her into the bed, and you know, it was, it was hard to know what was going on. They said, listen, we've rescued this girl. She is, she is possessed. There's witchcraft. There's all kinds of stuff. It was a lot of nonsense. The wee girl had just been brainwashed and full of heresies and lies, and this wasn't true. And there are things like witchcraft and occult behavior. It's so prevalent. And false cults and teachings. When you go to Uganda, one of the first things you'll notice is when you arrive, you'll, you'll drive through Kampala and whatever other areas you, you will drive through. And everywhere you'll see scripture, verses, and texts. Vans, just about every van that drives past you has something, you know, referring to God giving you good speed or whatever the case may be. You have Beulah, uh, Beulah Supermarket or Hebron, this or whatever. There's names in the Bible over the place and everyone talks about Christianity. But as the people themselves say there, Christianity is it's a mile wide and only a millimeter thick. There's not much depth to it. When you begin to scratch the surface, you'll see it's just full of false belief. People almost treat, teach, or treat Christianity as a lucky charm. If my business or my car has a verse on it, well, then God will bless me. That's the darkness that there is. And that's the devil deceiving and blinding. But that's why we're there, to teach the truth, to see the church of Christ being built. So again, look at our text here. And I want you to see here the confidence this verse implants. Because verse 18, uh, just at the middle part of the verse, focus is on the I. I will build my church. And that pronoun I, you know, refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who builds his church. And what a thrill that is. This is the one who was born. This is God's 
who entered into the womb of the Virgin Mary, a person who was already existing from all eternity, God of very God, entered the womb of the Virgin Mary, and the body was born, and Christ lived a perfect, sinless life, died upon the cross. He rose again, and the man, for the first time ever, a man entered into heaven, and he sits upon the throne of God. And he is the one who said, I, not you, not even our missionaries. The Lord says, I will build my church, the omnipotent, omniscient, the omnipresent God. He said, I'm in the business of building the church. That ought to thrill you and me. It's not by our might, not by our power. We're so weak and we feel our weakness. But we shouldn't allow our weakness to stop us serving the Lord. He's the one building. He's the one building. And we have a privilege of playing a part in that work. Secondly here, I want you to see the certainty. Uh, I will Oh, there's a confidence implanted here for sure, but there's also the certainty this verse proclaims, I will, not maybe. You don't have the Lord saying to his disciples, well, man, hopefully, you know, all being well, if everything happens to go our way, the church might prosper. That's not the language of Christ. He speaks with absolute certainty and confidence. I will build my church. Now, how should we respond to that? If the Lord's going to build this church, well, what are you doing at a prayer meeting? Sure, go home, drink tea. He's going to build his church. Don't you worry about it. Is that the right approach? Absolutely not. The Lord says, yes, I will build my church, But to be consistent with the whole scripture, the Lord will build his church through his church. He uses people, missionaries, us at home. So when we read verses where the Lord, like this, the Lord bestows this confidence and certainty that he will build his church, rather than sitting back and saying, well, I let the Lord do it, we ought to raise our hand and say, yes, Lord, give me a job. Let me be involved in building your church, whatever that may be. It may be at home holding the ropes. It may be sitting in the pew in the house of God and being a faithful, prayerful member of that church and supporting our missionaries, whatever the case is. But there is a part for every believer to play. So he'll build it. Oh, Lord, save me from laziness and use me. Just finally then, look at the concern this verse erupts because the very end of the verse it talks about these gates the gates of hell shall not prevail against it who's behind those gates well it's the souls of men and women it's the souls of boys and girls that's the that's the picture here there's someone been kept in and we're praying for those souls that the lord would tear the gates down And we would see the souls of men, even your own loved ones. For you're here tonight and you'll have loved ones you would love to see saved undoubtedly. Oh, the Lord would give victory. Sometimes it feels, you know, is the church being built? It feels sometimes like the gates are prevailing, but they're not. They're not. The Lord's advancing. He is continuing to save. Don't be discouraged. Men and women, what a confidence. 
what a certainty and what a concern that draws that comes out of this verse. And I trust this evening as you do go to prayer, as you continue to live for the Lord at home here, and as you witness uh, at home and work for the mission field by your support and prayerful support, the Lord will encourage you and you'll see the Lord building his kingdom and that someday you'll stand before the Lord and you'll not have any regrets about every sacrifice you've made, every moment you've spent in seeking to advance the cause of Christ on earth. Thank you so much for having us here tonight. I will hand back to Reverend Brian. Thank you. God bless.